When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And this is 51 First Dates, a podcast about your favorite topic, your least favorite topic, dating. Um, hi, Liza. Hi, everybody. Thanks for being here. Hi. We're so glad you guys are here. We're glad you're joining us for our ep today. We're sorry it's a little delayed. Summer, you know? Um, we have an awesome, awesome guest with us today. Yes, we do. We have Alexis. She's NYC Date Night on Instagram. She's a dating restaurant and New York City lifestyle influencer. And she just has really great ideas for dates that you should go on you know in New York City and otherwise it was a very fun chat we we got into a lot of like good old-fashioned first date topics which lies I mean we we obviously cover first dates here but it's been a minute since we've gotten into kind of the rapid fire like etiquette questions who pays all those all that good stuff um so thank you to Alexis for being here Totally. And we're going to have that interview for you in just a little bit. But today we're also going to do a quick listener question and a Reddit ship. We haven't done one of those in a while. And, you know, keep bringing you all the hot, sexy, juicy takes you like. Just kidding. Um, Kimmy, do we? Oh, let's do business first. Okay, let's do You business. can. Let's do it. Like us or like us. Oh, my God. Follow us on <laughs> Instagram like at us. 5 one. Just please like us. Anyone, please. I need it. Um, follow us on Instagram at 51firstdatespod. You can email us if you have a question, a dating detective mystery, a worst first date story, any of that. You can follow. You can send that to us at 51firstdatespod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. Also, please rate, subscribe, review. It helps us out a lot. It helps us get great guests, guests like Alexis. It helps us learn how to speak. Um, what else? I don't know. I think that's it. I mean, Precious Gems, that's our newsletter. Yeah, we did it. We did business. We love business. Oh, I I feel myself trying to push through this like exhaustion that I that I have. Um, that is Yeah, we're fun. doing like a late afternoon <laughs> recording, which is always when my energy is just the absolute most garbage. So Yeah, it's sorry. that exact time of day when, you know, you you always kind of lose stamina. At, if you're at your job or I don't know it's time for that that dangerous coffee I I I can't even make a sentence right now real cool um should we do a quick consumption corner Liza let's do it let's do it okay what are you watching because I don't know what mine is yet (laughs) oh my god same okay I am watching like literally nothing good here is the one thing I will talk about and I may have talked about it before Jeff is watching Community which I have already watched and I'm it's been like our falling asleep show and I always fall asleep before him but it's just so funny like it was such a well-made show and also like it was fully made in 2009 and there are some things that are like problematic um but in general like 
the characters are incredible. I love seeing Donald Glover like just be so goofy. Like he's his character is like this really dumb kind of like meathead football player. Like it's just like there's something delightful about it to me. He's just like such a silly goofball in that show and the cast is like so good and it's uh I have a weird crush on Joel McHale, which is just, you know, kind of hard to explain, but it's definitely there. Um so that's like I've just been doing reading for school of stuff that like nobody would be interested in. So basically I have not been consuming anything that I like feel strongly about recommending. What about you? Oh my gosh, same. So I'll give one that I don't really feel strongly about recommending, but I'll just um because because I haven't finished it, but I liked the beginning of it and everyone's finished it by now. But um, maybe those of you who haven't, The White Lotus on HBO, obviously. Oh, my I'm God. I was literally you like, watch it? I need to hear. Ki- no, I haven't. I'm the Ugh. only person who hasn't watched it. But I literally was like, I hope Kimmy's watched it because she'll tell me if I should watch it or not. Like, really? And I can trust her. Uh, it's so interesting. And I think I need to finish it. I've just been too bogged down to do so and I kind of missed the final episode and it hasn't been spoiled for me yet which makes me feel like I need to finish it um but I mean there's Hawaii there's Connie Britton there's Natasha Rothwell you may recognize her from Insecure she's really good in this um there are the, the like these scary Gen Z teens and the tone is really interesting um I'd say watch it I don't know if I can like recommended all the way yet because I haven't seen all of it but I just like that it's like this odd dark comedic tone so yeah and a bonkers soundtrack so yeah I guess all in all I, I guess I'm recommending it even though I haven't okay cool it. I really like Mike White the creator yeah like he, he did you know like School of Rock and he's just like a really funny like quirky writer but I also know him because he was a contestant on Survivor Mm -hmm. which is batshit like it's so crazy he's also like the um kind of like wormy roommate in School of Rock like the little blonde guy uh but yeah I just was like oh is it weird that I like him from Survivor and I kind of want to watch White Lotus partially because of that and like I don't think um, it's weird at all I feel like it makes him so much cooler I just feel like every Every time I've heard people mention this show, they mention that Mike White was on Survivor and he like cares about Survivor more than winning an Emmy, you know, and that's kind of fun to me. I like it. It's hilarious. He loves Survivor. Like, I think he's played more than once, too. I only saw one um, season that he was on, but he was like a very enjoyable reality TV character. Love it. Um, Cool. Well, I'm glad I got your hot takes on that. Um. What are we doing today? Okay, so we're going to start today off with a little listener question. Mm-hmm. Do I sound like I'm being so businessy? I'm like a combination of of tired and out of it and like hyper caffeinated. I, I think you're being perfect. I, you know, we're both doing the best we can. The world is hard to navigate and we're, we're, we're crushing it, Liza. We're crushing it. Yeah, oh. fuck yeah. Yes, we are. Um, okay, so here's a quick listener question that we are going to talk about. Uh, here we go. Hey, everyone. I'm freshly back in the dating game again since before COVID and feeling all of my dating anxieties resurface after a year. Would love y'all's advice. Thanks so much in advance. Am I being ghosted or is it normal to not hear from someone who is on vacation? This is a great question. Mm-hmm. Last weekend, I matched with this guy on Hinge and we met up Wednesday evening at a bar for drinks before he had to leave on Friday for a trip to see family in NYC. It was wonderful. We had so much to talk about and shared a lot of personal things about ourselves. 
We have many interests in common and talked about fun things we'd like to do together. After being at the bar for two hours, we decided to continue the conversation on a walk and wandered to a park where we sat for the next two hours until 2 a.m. The night ended with a really sweet kiss, and it seemed like neither of us wanted to part ways, even though it was getting late. He finally walked me back to my place and said he was really glad we met up before he left. I wished him a happy trip to NYC, and we parted. That night, I texted him saying I hoped he had gotten home safe and walked after walking me back since it was so late. He had he said he he had and also that he had a, had had a lovely night with me. I replied that I did too. However, I haven't heard from him at all since then. Radio silence all of Thursday and Friday. Am I just being overly anxious and this is normal since he flew to New York Friday? I just can't shake the fear that maybe I was the only one who felt a connection on the date and that maybe he's not that interested and is ghosting me. He won't be back for another 10 days. Would love everyone's opinions or thoughts on what I should do. Thanks again for helping out an anxious dater. What do you think? What do I think? I like this one because, I mean, I have a very overarching answer I'm about to give in one second, just teasing it, teasing it. But I think... I like it because it's really an interesting going on vacation thing because it's after one date. So I'm going to give this this overarching like response that's a little bit like real talk and that I would give for for any kind of questions like this after a first date. But then I will caveat it as per usual or maybe Liza, you will for me. But I think it's one of those scenarios where it's like if he wanted to, he would. Like you didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. You had one date. If he wants to text you, he totally will. If you want to text him, you totally can. You did. You did that night and he texted back. And so this is like a, he's going on vacation. If he wanted to text you while he was on vacation, he would. If he wanted to wait until he got back and ask you out, he would. And if he wants to never text you again, he can also do that. So that's like my, my, if I'm going the furthest down the real talk path. That said, it's a first date and, you know, People handle them differently, you know, especially if right before a vacation, I think like he could have actually had a better time than you on the first date and just not be interested in, you know, I guess this is still if he wanted to, he would Um, reaching out to you and and scheduling that next thing or like continuing banter while you aren't sure when you're going to see each other again. So that those are my like first thoughts, Liza. But if I'm being too mean, correct. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think like, look, it's always really tough on a date in in life on a date why can't I talk Kimmy can somebody just reset my brain it just needs a full reset you know what we both feel we're okay I'm just gonna instead of resetting your brain I'm just gonna tell you you're doing great sweetie and you can tell me that too because I don't feel like I am I think we're both doing amazing sweetie um oh right I'm doing amazing I can't even get the fucking cultural (laughs) reference right right oh my god matter um so basically I have been in positions where I've had an amazing first date or like an amazing connection with like a friend of a friend at their birthday party or, you know, like you meet someone in the wild and you have like an amazing conversation with them and like make out and then exchange numbers and you're like, oh my God, like connection, like feelings, magic, sparks, whatever. And then you don't hear from them. And it's like very, very jolting and confusing. And I think that it is um too soon to call on this one yes uh but I also think that it is very possible after a first date even if it went pretty well you can never hear from someone again and there is like absolutely some pain associated with that and I have experienced that I spent like a whole therapy session once talking about like why a guy never called me after we had like an amazing conversation we were both hammered at a bar and we had this conversation so I'm sure it was 
I'm not saying this happened to this listener, but I'm sure on my end I misremembered how amazing it was because I was fucking toasted. Um, but I would say I agree with everything Kimmy's saying. If you don't hear from him when he gets back, I think you can sh- shoot a text if you'd like to see him again and just say, how is, yeah, exactly. How was your vacation? Like, and that's it. Put it out. See if you get something back. And then if you don't, I think that's like the end of it. Um, And just know that like it really, really sucks if that's the case. But like everyone's had that experience, I think. Like you definitely had that experience going on dates for this podcast, right? Where like yeah. you thought it was great, whatever. And then it just kind of fizzled away. Also, I'm going to push back on your it really, really sucks. Because I think we need to reframe first dates so that it doesn't really, really suck. Like, yeah, it can be like disappointing. But for me, often, you're right, Liza, at the beginning, like after a first date, even if I wasn't so, didn't have such a good first date, I kind of wanted that. That second date, it was, again, validation of me as a human and my worthiness of being, you know, liked and loved potentially. But I think it's like, I don't know, if I were, if I were in this listener's shoes, I'd feel all the same things in the same way. But I would say like, you know, Liza, how we do dating detective? Well, most Mm -hmm. dating mysteries can never be solved. Most mysteries you know, crimes, hard to solve. Maybe we need to be more like dating doctors, but I don't want to say that. Okay, but just hear me out. We need to like prescribe a thing that knowing it was not the pill I would have chosen to take when I was in your exact same shoes, but I think what I would quote unquote prescribe, oh man, I'm just really on one today. I think it would be like to do the thing we always prescribe, but go on some other dates or distract yourself from this person who's already away, who you had a great date with, which makes everything a little more stressful, but just like go do things that that take the pressure off, I think. That's the only way I can personally get myself out of that kind of anxiety around totally what's going to happen next because then, then you're not waiting. Like no one after a first date, even if they're amazing, like really deserves you to wait around from them, which again, doesn't sound like you're doing, but I just think it's a good reminder for all of us because – I don't know. So often I found myself kind of waiting around because it was easier than meeting a new person and potentially having a worse time and that kind of stuff. I don't know. Totally. I mean, I think that's really smart. I feel like make it a goal to connect with somebody else in the time he's away. You know, like make that like a priority. And that might mean going on a couple dates because it's not like you connect with everyone you meet. But I think it's always useful to show yourself that you have the capability of connecting with infinite people on this earth I mean maybe not infinite because there's like only seven billion only seven billion it's still a lot but like I just I I'm a strong believer that there is not like the one for anybody and that connection is not actually that special and it's totally possible to foster it with anyone a huge part of things are also timing priorities like values and things that are bigger than connection again I've connected with so many people and they're mostly all horrible. No, I'm just kidding. They're not. <laughs> Love to my exes. <laughs> the things I know from this listener's lovely email is, one, you are a fun first date. You had a great first date. You met a cool person. But that, like, whatever happens, it has nothing to do with you. Um, and we can definitely blame it on the vacation. But, you know, just just wait and see. And please do update us. But I would, yeah, go on a date. Go on another date. All right. Yeah. Should we or rapid fire a Reddit ship, Liza? Let's do it. You want to read it or you want me to? Right. I will read it. Here we go. Here we go. We're just going to do like quick rapid reactions at the end and then get to our our interview with Alexis. So my 22F 
boyfriend, 21, male, sorry, (laughs) female, male, sends me emails summarizing arguments we have had. We've been dating for about 15 months. We don't fight a lot, but we have had, I think, four major arguments. After we talked about it and sorted the issue out, he'll mail a long email about what happened, why it happened, his POV, my POV, and what we agreed on to do. I don't mind, honestly. I think it has helped our relationship, and I think one of the emails he sent me is one of the sweetest things anyone has ever sent to me. It feels like documenting our fights, and I don't know why he feels the need to do that. So this is where, sorry, this the tone changes in this paragraph. It feels like documenting our fights and I don't feel like why we he feels the need to do that. Does he not think I'm trustworthy? I don't flake and I know he's reliable. I've asked him about this and he deflected, apologized that it was a weird thing to do, but to humor him and I don't, and I don't know how I should be dealing with this. It, sorry, this is not written super eloquently. Um, is it a big deal? I don't want um, to talk to people I know about this as I think they'll find it weird and I don't think he wants any one to know about it it frustrates me why I can't get to the bottom of this TLDR my boyfriend writes me long emails after every big argument we have I think it is sweet but I don't understand why he needs to do this and it is making me feel a bit self-conscious about our relationship all right Liza Weird. is this a deal breaker what is this what is this a, is this a green light a green flag green light wow this is weird man yeah I mean look I think that ultimately it's we don't have enough information to know if it's a red flag, but I think there's a good chance it's a red flag. Yeah, I, mean, I, think it's I can not, see it's two not a, sides of this. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Like, let's let's assume that this is I think the biggest thing is like, does he ever use these emails later against you? Yes. Like that to me is what I think he's going to do because I have no faith in humans and especially in men. But I I would say that like say he is just like I know people who are who are written people you know like they like to have things written down documented oriented they like to be able to refer back to things and like I can see this being like a self-improvement thing that he does or has done his whole life like maybe he has some issues with the way he like relates to people and he likes to reflect on them in writing um I think he should keep it to himself if this woman doesn't want them sent to her. And I think the second he like refers back to one of those emails to like get you or like prove his point or like show that you've already agreed to something different, you got to fucking get out because that's creepy. But also let's say he's like, okay, well, we've had this fight before. What if we like sat down and read this email together and kind of thought about what we've already covered and thought about like what is, um, you know, where we came to before and what didn't work like let's use this as a reflection tool together like great kumbaya it's weird but like it is how some people like to work right like my therapist keeps keeps notes on me so when I talk about the same thing endlessly for seven years she can be like well haven't we talked about this before what did we think about then you know uh I just doubt that at that age that this is what it is I think, yeah, I think it's a pretty big red flag, but alas, I don't know. Maybe just, yeah, take it to therapy. I think that's a good point. Okay, we are so excited to get into our interview with Alexis, NYC date night herself. We hope you enjoy it. Love you guys. Bye. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We are so excited to be joined by Alexis from, or AKA, NYC Date Night. Um, Alexis, I've followed you for so long. It's so nice to finally meet you. Thanks for coming. Have you really? Of course. Yeah. We're so excited to talk to you. We're so excited to hear about all the things you do and all of the cool stuff you're up to. But we always start every single interview by asking, do you have a worst first date story? Um, yes, I have a million. I've tried to block them out of my memory as best as possible. So I probably don't even, I can't even come up with about, you know, 90% of them. I really think that I've done a good job with just like, forgetting about them forever um but there I have like left countless first dates just crying and that's just kind of part of dating like feeling you know I was always jealous of those girls that could just go from boyfriend to boyfriend so seamlessly um because that was definitely not me and one of the many bad first date stories was it wasn't even a date. Um, I basically just got stood up. I was sitting at like the standard East. It was summertime. I had a bad feeling about this guy, but my mom, I would always like refer to my mom because she was also like the easiest person to blame when things go wrong. (laughs) So um, I was sitting there for like, I don't know, 20 minutes and he didn't show and also like wasn't contacted. I contacted him being like, hey, are you almost here? Um, and then I just remember I ended up leaving after 20 minutes, it started pouring rain and I just started hysterically crying and I was walking in the rain crying and it was just like a horrible movie. And that wasn't really a date per se, but it was just, it'll always be there in my memory. The standard, the public crying, the rain, it's so New York and just being stood (laughs) up, people having no regard for your feelings. I'm sorry that happened to you. Thank you. But p- crying in public in New York, I feel like, is a rite of passage. I've cried in public mm-hmm. in New York or on the subway or, like, in an in an Uber pool when that was still a thing, like, so many times. <laughs> oh, it's there's just... so many funny, like, memes and, like, I don't know, TikToks of guys making fun of girls crying on the phone to their mom, uh, like, after work, <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh about, about, like, you know, the corporate world and about whatever. So, totally, it's a rite of passage. That's funny. I need to find those TikToks. We are, you know, trying so hard to understand TikTok. And that's like even annoying to say. It's very, every old person says this, but I'm just, I'm always so delighted and impressed by the videos I find. I don't know how to make them. That sounds like Uh, a really smart idea that those people are coming up with. Um, Okay. So let's do our other icebreaker. It is Beyond Cheese. Um, Alexis, what is your relationship to relationships? You can interpret this however you want. yeah, I am. I'm not really, it's, I'm not really sure. I guess I, my relationship to relationships is complicated. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only way I could put it. I mean, I've always wanted to be in a relationship like romantically, but I always had trouble. It seemed like compared to other girls. So, um, complicated. And I just think like as long it's just so important to not have to rely on a relationship for your happiness, but it's so much easier said than done. 
Yeah. And it takes like, I feel like years of being like, why aren't like you were talking earlier about boyfriend girl, like girls who just are like, kind of always have a boyfriend and they flow like seamlessly from one to another. And I also felt something of like, why am I not like this? And, and I was like, oh, I'm actually like kind of glad. Like, I think it's important yeah. to whatever, to get to that state of being cool alone. But Alexis, you are in a relationship now, correct? Yes. And I'm just, you know, I, curious um, how in we're talking about like, you know, I was not a boyfriend girl either and I'm in a relationship now as well. But like I look back and I'm also grateful for that time alone. I also just like look at relationships really differently. Um, how did you meet your boyfriend now? So <laughs> I always tell a story and he gets annoyed by the story a little bit. But <laughs> well, it's it's I mean, it's pretty standard. The short story is we met on Hinge. Um, mm-hmm. We matched, but the longer story, oh, that's my dog. The longer story is that um, we matched on Hinge and I was just kind of like, I don't know. I was like a little bit interested, but not really. He's not, he wasn't exactly, he had all the things on paper, but he was a little bit younger and not exactly what I was into. Look is he right over there listening to you? Um, but <laughs> I think you hear that and he was upset. Yeah. Um, and, oh. yeah, but he's very handsome. Just, I was just into blondes and he's brunette, something like that. Um, you know, and Basically, I was in Montauk with my friends one day and some, my friend's friend was like, oh, do you know, this guy Mark is asking about you because she tagged me in her stories. And I was like, I have no idea who Mark is. And then he just sent me a, um, he's mad face. You're very <laughs> handsome, babe. You're very handsome. It's just like, whatever. There's a lot of reasons. It's mostly because he was really a lot, he was three years younger. Um, and... And I was, I had no idea who she was talking about and he had such good things to say about him. Um, she was like, he's, he's a really nice, normal guy. He's friends with all of my friends. Um, he has a, he had a really pretty ex-girlfriend, which for some reason girls love to hear, you know, it just like makes them like think, dif- makes you think a little bit differently. Like they, he must do something right. You know, he's like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, he's, he does really well in his job. Like just all these things that you don't know by just matching with someone on an app. And just like that extra, you know, I guess like green light from a friend um, pushed me to, he then messaged me again when we when I got back from the Hamptons and we went out and we had like the best first date and yeah. And he just solved our Zoom problems, right? Or was that you, Alexis? I don't he want did. to give he just the male credit. Problems. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, he's technical yeah. support, so he's a gem. A gem. It's funny because it's such a good reminder to just like, you know, we all have these ideas of like the people we think are the right person for us. And I just feel like almost all the time we're wrong about at least one thing or it's just so important to be like, all right, like I can be flexible on like the age thing or whatever it is. Like I feel like everyone I know who's like with their person has been like, oh, like I wasn't sure about this. And then you're like, oh, like that stuff doesn't matter. Like the whole person matters, but... I think also like it's all it's so much about timing if I were to meet him you know years earlier I wouldn't have appreciated him I would have you know just been I my problem was I was always looking for kind of the next best thing I was always finding something wrong with people um and then I got to a certain point where I feel like I kind of you know realize what's important which we you know we all kind of do once as we get older with age 
Yeah, I mean, when we started this podcast, like, four years ago, Liza was, like, you swipe on all these dudes with sailboats. Like, that was my type in a bad way. And now I'm like, oh, my God, what was wrong with me? Like, I had a, a checklist of, like, not the right things. Um, but, yeah, very relatable. Um, okay, so let's talk about NYC Date Night, your Instagram. It's awesome. How did you start it? Why did you start it? When did you start it? Give us the background. Okay, so I think I started it a about four years ago, maybe five, um, I was going through a very serious life crisis. I basically hit rock bottom. Um, and I'm not like a very, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like an influencer type. Like I am, I'm like a pretty private person. I'm not, I never wanted to be center of attention. I always was pretty insecure. Like I thought I, you know, I was secure in some ways, but never thought I would do this. And I just feel like it was hitting rock bottom that pushed me to like get out of my comfort zone and start this. Um, I have always had, you know, I grew up in New York City on the Upper East Side, going out to like sushi restaurants with my parents when I was like five years old. You know, I have always had a passion for the restaurant industry. Um, then, you know, growing up and getting older, going to bars, trying different places. And then in my 20s, um, in my early 20s, I was in a very serious relationship, but then we broke up and I was single for like a good four years. So I was dating around. So the combination of everything um, pushed me to start NYC Date Night, which is like a combination of dating, restaurants, New York City lifestyle. Um, and it took off and I'm very grateful. Um, Alexis, I'm Liza, I'm going out of order. Sorry. I'm just jumping in and be, I'm monopolizing this conversation. I'm just curious now that we're talking about it. Um, you know, having grown up in New York and even now, do you have like an all time favorite restaurant, even if it's closed? An all time favorite restaurant. I mean, growing up, my all time favorite restaurant was Sushi of Gary. Mm, (laughs) Um, I would like be, you know, go to sleepaway camp every year and on the camp ride, um, on the bus ride home, I would be like telling the whole bus about like how I'm so excited for the gyoza and like this <laughs> gallop roll. And like, we were like 12 and everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking? Everyone else was like from Long Island talking about Mateo's. So like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that I grew up going to like Bella Blue, which I still always talk about. One of my best friend's fathers owned it. Um, and now those are still two of my favorite restaurants but you know if you want to be like trendier like via Corona is definitely a favorite oh, yeah yeah in a, in a deep way I live like barely close to there and it's um a, like bad habit <laughs> yeah oh, just like well. a bad yeah um so okay so tell us a little bit like you obviously have a very you're like a native New Yorker how would you describe New York dating like as as the the city's kind of like version of dating. Um, I mean, I always said New York. The problem with it is that there's just too many options. There's too many places to pick from, too many people to pick from. Um, you know, it's like you're overstimulated. It's very difficult to take anyone seriously, or you know, it's very easy to take people for granted because there's always another person around the corner. Um, With that being said, you know, I hear people that date, you know, in Charlotte and smaller places that 
you know, say it's too small and there's not enough options. So it's hard to know like what the best case scenario for dating is. I think it's all just kind of like a game, a numbers game and a game of luck and a game of timing and um, all that. Let's talk about date spots, super relevant to your content. Um, okay, Alexis, can we do a little rapid fire with you? We'll just ask you some questions and just whatever comes to mind first. Sure, sure. Awesome. Liza, do you want to start? Totally. Okay, so for a first date, what is the best option? Drinks, dinner, coffee, or something non-traditional? I mean, for me, drinks. Mm-hmm. Same. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not going on a first coffee date, but listen, like if – that, if that's your thing, like no hate, that's great. Yep. All right. I'm I'm totally on board with that. Um, and I I've never done a first coffee date. We always recommend them weirdly, but I've never gone on one. So drinks are my favorite as well. Is it better to get there first or get there second on a first date? Oh, always second. Okay. Hug or handshake at the beginning of a first date? Hug. Yeah, especially post-COVID. All right. And who pays on a first date, uh, man or woman? We're talking hetero relationship. We're split. Yeah, no, definitely the man. Otherwise, <laughs> Do you often. offer to split if you're the woman going on the date? Do you do like the kind of – I mean, I do if like the opportunity like presents itself. But I hope that majority of guys just kind of like make it quick or like they do it mid-conversation. If I feel like there's that awkward moment, um, I'm not going to like sit there and stare at him and not offer, but I try my best not to offer. Yeah. <laughs> if he's on a first date, he should be paying. And I don't care who disagrees with me because everyone has their own opinions and that's fine. But he's asking me out. He should be paying. Totally. Um, okay, kiss on a first date. Sometimes, always, or never? Sometimes. And sex on a first date. Um, can you have <laughs> a successful relationship after that? Yes, but it, I do think it makes things a little more complicated. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Okay. Here, I always say it's easier to go forward than it is to go backwards. A lot of times, girls have sex on a first date, the guy's still interested. But then they're all like, you know, how do I not make it? You know, how we're going out on a second date. How do I tell them that, you know, I want to slow things down? And it's like, it's kind of hard to after you already did it. I'm not saying it's impossible, but, you know, so it's always easier to to, to move forward than to move backwards. Yes, I agree. I think the it's not actually even the flip side, but just the other, the reason that question is kind of like, I like your answer because sometimes it can work out is that I used to feel like you have to withhold sex because once the sex happens, then it's over, which was just based on the people I was dating who just weren't interested in me beyond that. Um, and I, so I think it's like sex on the first date, like not a total deal breaker. You could still have a relationship. It may be more complicated getting there, but like, I just think, you know, making rules around sex on a first date, I think is problematic in either direction. I don't know if you both agree with that. Um, just, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, making rules in general is problematic. Yes. So I hate like the rules because every person (laughs) is different. Some people love like the intensity of people. Some people love moving fast. Other people get freaked out by it. But you know, there should, there could be things in the back of your mind that you keep. Like if I have sex with him tonight, it's going to make things more difficult. I probably shouldn't, et cetera. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's funny too because it's also like makes the dating met multiple people at a time more complicated not that I don't think you can be sleeping with as many people at once as you want like I'm pro that and have done it but like as long as you're communicating and like being respectful but and like being healthy but I feel like it it like just inherently makes it more complicated to be like hey I'm like also seeing other people and like sleeping with other people and like you should know but it's like now we're having a conversation about this when I don't really know you you know it's like it's just the conversations just get tenser um, although, you know, I've done it. I would do it uh, again. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, so yeah. if you could design the perfect first date, how would it go? And this includes like, how is the app chat beforehand? Like, what do you want to see in the conversation to like know there's a connection? And also, of course, like, what's the bar? What's the vibe? What's the scene? Uh, um, so the app chat, you know, it. It shouldn't be too long. It's not talking for weeks. It should just be like a couple of days. It should be like getting to the basics of, you know, they want to learn like the basics about you, but also a few, a little bit of witty banter, maybe, um, you know, some cute things here and there, but it should be, it shows, you know, confidence when a guy kind of gets to the point. It's creepy if he's like, hi, I want to take you out, you know, but it's, it's, it's nice and you you sense in confidence and if he's like you know hi how are you and gets to know you for maybe you know a day and then he's like so I'd love to take you out for drinks like gets to the point um and you know not playing around so that is pre-date another pre-date is him asking like do you you know for where do you live you know making sure that the spot is uh, near you when a good convenient time is for you you know not making it vague like let's get drinks this week or let's get drinks Wednesday like making it like are you free Wednesday around six like where do you live and like are you to cocktails like how's I love this place does that work for you just making sure that like he's you know like thinking about what's going to be best for you that's just very attractive to me um then the vibe I mean I like like dimly lit you know not too stuffy um you know some energy uh you know, good cocktails maybe some apps my ideal situation is meeting for drinks having a couple of drinks great conversation um and having that organically lead to dinner like being like are you hungry you know and then sitting down so that's what happened with my boyfriend now we met at the, you know, we spoke for maybe like two days. He asked me out, asked me where I lived. We met at the Nomad, um, which is, which was like two blocks from me. He suggested it. We had some drinks and then, you know, we both were hungry and we sat at, in the dining room. You know, we started at the bar, then we sat in the dining room, we had dinner. And I just remember he like ordered the truffle chicken and like all this stuff. And I'm like, damn, this guy's like pulling out all the stops. Like I was, I left drunk, I left full, happy. You know, we had a little makeout. He walked me home, we kissed at the end. Um, and yeah, and then the next day, like following up, ideally you know he texted me like even if it was just something silly he was like I'm so hungover to right now how are you <laughs> feeling you know it doesn't matter what it is just to make sure that like you never know no matter how good a date goes like is he gonna follow up like especially after you've been defeated and like so many times and like surprised by people not following up so many times that like 
you just never know. So anyway, that is from start to finish the ideal first date situation. That's I great. That Your boyfriend should text you a happy face emoji now because you just were like, my first date with him was the ideal first date. <laughs> I know. He actually just unfortunately left. So he won't. <laughs> so, we'll let him know. Save the time code. <laughs> um, no, I love that so much. It's so funny. I was thinking while you were talking, Alexis, like I was always down to like, if I was having a fun time on a date, even if it didn't go anywhere, like have a few drinks and like get a little drunk. But I, I feel like we talk to so many experts who are like don't have more than two drinks or again establishing some rules but I'm like you were having a great time with your boyfriend you like let it move to dinner like we don't have to kind of similar to the sex thing like dinner's not going to complicate anything or getting drunk could complicate something but if you're having a good time like it's okay on a first date to just go with it that's what I kind of took away from you sharing that I totally agree. Um, I think some of my best dates and all the times that I've, it's led to something substantial was the times that I wasn't thinking like, oh, I've had two drinks. I have to leave now, you know, or it's the times that I just kind of let go, said I was having fun and, and it turned into like an amazing night that turned into a relationship. Totally. I mean, I feel like ultimately your your partner should be someone you like never want to stop hanging out with. So on a first date, if you don't want to stop hanging out, like that's, yeah, similarly, everything that's been serious for me has been a first date or whatever, a, a moment when we switched from friends to more than friends where we were like, oh my God, let's just hang out for like three days. Yeah. And it's a good, it's a good vibe. Maybe not hanging out for three days on a first date, but you guys know what I mean. I don't know about the three days thing, but yeah. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> That's only because I like only have had boyfriends who I've been friends with for long periods of time. So it's like, I have no, I don't have like a normal, like I went on a first date and then blah, 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 whatever story. Like I'm, you know, getting right. married to someone I've known for like 13 years. <laughs> like it's just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. So Thanks. Yeah. Um, it's, you know. I was just thinking, sorry, just (laughs) making it about me. No, I also, like the switching locations really says something on a first date. I went to two bars with my now boyfriend on our first date, but like you both make such good points. I feel like that's a very good litmus test. Like, oh, you know, we both like, we're into each other. Like we're, we're moving to different, a different location, a different place. We want to keep this night going. Um, I think like it could leave someone very you know, just confused about it and cold. But like I said, like if you just leave after two drinks or after one hour, but everybody's different. There are some people that are sober and that's a totally different situation. Like drinking does change a lot. um, And it's easier to leave when you're sober. And that doesn't mean that you like that person any less. It's just kind of like the way it is. (laughs) Yes. That's a very good reminder. Okay. What about non-traditional dates? So like activity dates on a first or early date, outdoorsy things, escape rooms. We, I started going on dates for this podcast, but we've had subsequent daters and some of them have been very pro um, non-traditional dates. What do you, what is your take on them? And um, I mean, I don't think it's really the right move for a first date because I think a first date, you should be getting to know each other and it's difficult to get to know each other while you're like, you know bowling or whatever it is but um I always I usually say like ideally first date drinks second date dinner third date activity you know obviously it doesn't have to go exactly like that and there could be drinks then two dinners then active or whatever but um but I think the activity part is very important you know it shouldn't just be dinner 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 because then you're not seeing like 
different parts of them. So I do think that it's very important, but you should leave the first date to like talking. Yeah. Or so I mean, then moving. Yeah, fully. <laughs> it's so funny because I feel like some people like don't want to sit still and talk to other people. And it's, scary. it's a little scarier because it gives a distraction if you're, you know, you're doing things with your body, but you know, it also is a distraction on who the person is. So like you can have a really good time going rock climbing, but like how much did you really get to know them? Totally. Mm-hmm. It's great- yeah. It's like all I ever want to do is sit and talk. Like that's, I mean, we, See, hi, we have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but so I'm always mind blown why Pete, when people are like, oh my God, I just like, can't just like sit there across from someone. It's like, no, I feel like people have said that the people we've had on in the past or other daters have said it's like interviewee. And I'm like, literally, I want to interview everyone I t- meet and ask them about their childhood and what their relationship is with their mother. Again, also not advisable on a first date. No, definitely not. <laughs> Don't do it. That's not a great question to Don't lead with. Yeah. On a first date, do not, or even the first like three dates, try not to get too deep. I always say, keep things like light and fun while getting to know each other you know it's of course ask questions about their family and whatever but you don't need to go like deep into like your you know childhood trauma of your parents divorce and start crying and like it's just it's a little too much yeah I would say if you're doing that on a first date and I you know was guilty of like oversharing about my mom passed away and so when people were like your parents I you know I was guilty of that but I I do think that's also a sign speaking to myself in the past like that you might not really be in the right headspace for dating if that's kind of where you find a lot of first dates going um yeah you can have a date with your therapist about that yeah I agree agreed um okay so let's talk about something that comes up a lot for us with our listeners let's say there's a scenario where you show up to a date and after like five, 10 minutes, you know, you don't click, not anything problematic or creepy or weird. Just like you're not feeling it. Maybe they're not feeling it. What do you do in that scenario? Like, is there a way to make the most of that? Do you like excuse yourself? What's your, what would be your go-to move in that situation? I mean, a lot of times leading up to a date, like people are nervous. Um, So when you sit there after the first 10 minutes and you know for a fact that you're not clicking, you can just kind of take that opportunity to like take a deep breath and be like, okay, this is not my person. There's nothing to be nervous about. Let's just enjoy. You know, I'm already here. I got dressed. I have a drink. Like you can, there's something you can learn from anyone. So it's like, it takes the pressure 100% off. You could be completely yourself and maybe that will lead to a friendship with him. Maybe that will lead to liking him more than you thought it would. Maybe it would lead to nothing at all. But either way, like it's a that makes it so easy to take the pressure off. And then, you know, you, you have a good time or you do what you want to do. You have one drink, two drinks, and then you politely say, you know, you have an early morning, um, but it was so great meeting him and or her and go your separate ways. Yeah, because I think, you know, I don't sometimes I feel myself wanting to give advice quote-unquote advice on this podcast like no take care of yourself you don't have you don't owe anyone anything but we just have to like remember even though and I'm speaking to like the mindsets a lot of straight women can get in about men you know and how they treat women but really we're all humans and you both signed up for this date and how would you feel if someone like squirmed or was like after 10 minutes I can't be here because like just be polite just be decent the world is like so stressful already 
it's different if they're being an asshole, you know, then like walk out and leave. But if it's a nice, normal, or just like a regular guy that you just know isn't your person, then no, that's, you know, you're not a monster. Like he, he also like got dressed and took an Uber and got to this place and you don't, you, so did you. So like I said, pressure's off, time to just like say whatever you want to say. You can learn something from anyone, even just like in just the most, in conversations that you would never think, you know, would be like substantial I would find myself when I was going on tons of dates, like referring back to those dates in conversations like weeks later being like, oh, well, I was out with some guy who went to that island and stayed at this hotel. And he would, you know, he said it was amazing. Like there's just so many things that other people can teach you. So I just feel like if you just think of it like that, um, you're better off. Ugh. So wise. And it's practice too. I mean, I, I really think you can get better at dating and with the pressure totally off, you're like, okay, cool. Like I get to practice this thing that can be intimidating. Totally. I, I'm here. Like, I don't have to sweat this. I can just like have a conversation, be less nervous for the next one or whatever. And kind of switching gears to the the next dates past the first date, you know, maybe it's even three months of, you know, proper dates and hooking up, but nothing's defined. So Alexis, what are your kind of like big red flags for uh, people who have a pattern of dating other people who don't commit to them, but have a hard time breaking that off? So whether it's breadcrumbing or a situationship or pen pals, whatever, all those silly terms, um, what are the red flags that you would look out for? Um, Listen, I mean, if they're not being consistent in seeing you and taking you out, you know, on dates, if they're just trying to like see you when they want to see you last minute, if at a certain point in time, they don't mention, they're not really talking about their family or about meeting their family, um, you know, how they're introducing you to their friends and treating you with their friends in that regard. Um, uh, how, I guess, yeah, those things and just, at a certain point, I always say like after three months, there should be a talk. So if there's not, there's a problem. And if you're dating someone for six months and there's no talk, then you're the problem because you're staying there and wasting your time when you don't have to be. So. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I did that. I stayed for longer than six months and in undefined things. And I'd be like, but I have met his friends. Oh, he hasn't mentioned the family, but you know, I, I'd rationalize, et cetera. But looking back, it's like, it should be so simple, but when you're in it, it can be so hard to break out of it and not respond to the text. But this is where I feel like rules are good. Six, a boundary is good. Like six months, just like setting, setting a timeline for yourself, whatever works for you. Six months is too long, um, but that's honestly- Or three months, sorry. (laughs) That's honestly like one of the biggest questions I get asked. Like I get DMs all the time asking for dating advice and it's about how to define the relationship. And I feel like if it's that big of a problem, if it's that much of a question, then it's usually not right for some reason. Um, That's like a hard reality for people to face. And it's hard for me to say, because of course- me like as I'm just I don't know their whole situation and I try to give the best advice I can but um that's usually like if you have to sit there and question it so much 
for so long, it's something's off. And And totally. And like, ultimately the only way to define the relationship is to have a conversation and define the relationship. And if you're afraid to do that, or you feel like you're not in a position to do that, like that says kind of everything it needs to say. But yeah, exactly. I mean, for me as a girl, like I always waited for personally for like the guy to do that. And, and that's, I mean, it's just kind of, I would drop hints sometimes and I would be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go on a date. How do you, you know, jokes like, and you know, you see how they react kind of things or here and there just like mention like things and you get an idea, but I would never be the one to like actually, you know, have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredibly hard. And it's funny. I'm always like being like, just do it. Communicate, blah, blah, blah. I like very rarely successfully did that um, until I found someone it was easy to communicate with. You know, it's like. It's it's all about when you find the right person, it somehow flows and it somehow works. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So just as a quick wrap up before we let you go, if you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about dating today in New York, what would it be? Um, I guess it would, it would be making it holding, being able to hold people accountable, I guess. Um, like so many people like just treat people like crap because of all the options and apps and how easy it is to ghost. So I don't know, have finding a way to hold them accountable to make it less, less easy for people to ghost other people and to make them feel bad. I love totally. it. Totally. Yeah. How do we do that? I want to know. I maybe I'll start like a holding accountable Instagram. And- <laughs> yeah. I think we need to encourage all of our male friends to like shame their male friends for ghosting. And we should do it to our female friends. And ladies, I think that whenever yeah. a friend tells you they ghost, you should be like, that wasn't nice. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Alexis, please tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you. Yeah, so please find me on NYC Date Night on Instagram. You spell night, N-I-T-E. I also have a website, www.nycdatenight.com, and and a TikTok that I post on occasionally, but mostly Instagram. And follow me for lifestyle, dating, food, everything NYC advice. Yay, thank you so much. It was so great to meet you. This is fun. Nice to meet you guys, too. 